Okay, welcome to the Love No Limit Show, episode 30, I believe, is the number. Um, <laughs> welcome, welcome. I want to begin by, um, I guess, first I need to state my name. My name is Josie Pickens. I'm the host of the Love No Limit Show. I am a writer and cultural critic and now a podcast host. Um, I want to make sure that I mention that the Love No Limit Show is... Um, being brought to you in part by funding from the Houston Mayor's Office of Cultural Affairs and Houston Art Alliance. And we are going to be talking about SEX today um, in a very deep and exp uh, expansive and fun way. Um, hopefully, it will all translate in that <laughs> way. <laughs> Um, and I want to introduce you to Elisa Boki. Yes. Perfect. Did I get that right? You got it right. <laughs> I'm good with names. You know, as a professor, I teach at an HBCU. So, you, you know, we have all kinds of names that come through the door. <laughs> and I'm always like, hey, let me sound this out and get it right. So I'm glad that I got that right. Yes, right. yes good job. Elisa, you're going to tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, sure. So I'm Elisa Bokeen. I am a licensed psychotherapist a sex therapist and an energy healing practitioner as of this year. Yes. Um, I'm located in Houston, Texas. I'm the owner and founder of the Floanese Healing Center, as well as the co-founder of Melanin and Mental Health. And really the work that I focus on is on helping individuals to heal mm -hmm. um, from trauma, from shame, so that we can have healthier, mutually satisfying, pleasure-filled relationships hey mutually <laughs> satisfying that's important word. that's important we are going to be talking a lot about that yeah okay continue yeah so that's <laughs> what i do so that's the work that i do with my private practice mm -hmm. and then as i mentioned i'm the co-founder of melanin and mental health yes which i love yeah so my my business partner and i were committed to changing how black and latinx communities view therapy how we talk mm -hmm. about mental health um and so that's really my two loves and what I spend most of my days doing. And it's it's such <laughs> amazing work and such important work on um, both from both of those angles. And I'm really excited because we're going to get to talk about um, this from a, a, a clinical scientific perspective, but also I'm so interested in this work that you are beginning mm -hmm. um, or, or finding flow and ease yes. in uh, looking at, um, this healing from a more metaphysical perspective. Mm -hmm. um, but before we get started, do you want to very quickly tell the folks how they can uh, connect with you? Absolutely. So you can go to my website, flowaneasehealing.com. You can follow me on Instagram, on Facebook, and my um, you can find me at flow and ease with E. Um, that's my Instagram and Facebook. And I'm on Twitter, too. I'm on Twitter as um, Elisa Bokeen. Um, and then Melanin and Mental Health, uh, melaninandmentalhealth.com. If you're looking for a therapist, if you want to find out more information about mental health, about therapy, you go to our website, type in your city, and we'll pull up some um, clinicians in that area that specialize in working with our communities. Yes. We're also on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, uh, Melanin and Mental Health. And you need therapy. <laughs> we all need we therapy, all right? We all need therapy. That's what oh we like. Gosh. Yeah. It is absolutely life-changing. And um, the therapy experience is always 
better, I think, when you are connecting with someone who knows a bit about um, your struggles generally, like the things we have, specific things that we face, um, particularly in oppressed communities. Um, sometimes when we are dealing with clinicians who are outside of those mm -hmm. communities, there is a disconnect, right. um, which is, I'm sure, why you all fought so hard to found yes. Melanin and Mental Health. Yes. Um, so make sure that you connect with them and look them up if you happen to be looking for a therapist or you want to change therapists. You are looking for a therapist. Yes. I'm going to make that a directive. Uh, <laughs> and we like statement. to say that, yes. We like to say that therapy is dope. Therapy is dope when you have a dope therapist. Yes. Oh, man. <laughs> but today we are going to be talking to Elisa mm -hmm. about um, pleasure mm -hmm. and sex and her work as a sex therapist and um, healing issues that mm -hmm. uh, people have around uh, pleasure, but also some fun stuff we're going to be getting into, right? So I guess we should begin this conversation um, talking about this idea of pleasure activism and pleasure as self-care. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times um, people do not think about pleasure from that perspective, Absolutely. right? That it needs to be a um, healthy, it is a healthy, natural part, or it should be a healthy, natural part of your human experience. It should be an essential part of our human experience. Essential. Absolutely. Yes. You know, we were designed to experience pleasure. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like we were designed to experience pleasure. So pleasures are birthright. And I think that that's something that um, women struggle with a lot when we think about how we're socialized and how we are programmed. We generally think about <clears throat> pleasure as something that we are expected to get. Right. And not necessarily something that we're expected to receive. Right. And I don't think that we think of it as a part of our self-care practice. I mean, we're as black and brown folk, mm -hmm. we're just getting to the point where we are recognizing self-care, period. Absolutely. Like so many of us are moving out of, um, as we discussed off camera earlier, mm -hmm. moving away from the survival mode mm -hmm. where we are moving from surviving or figuring out how to survive to figuring out how to thrive. Absolutely. And in that conversation, understanding that the same way, the tools, ideas, experiences, that we had when we were trying to survive, we cannot move those same ideas, ways of thinking, um, and tools into how we thrive sure. and how we wish to thrive. Right. And so this self-care conversation is something that is very new for us and we're still trying to grapple with it and figure right. it out. Right. And then there also is this aspect of self-care as um, through the, where we're watching it through a capitalist lens, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. Where we think that self care is going to the spa, bubble or, baths, yeah, bombs, right? <laughs> and I mean that's a part of it. It is. That's a part of it, but, but it's deeper than that. It's deeper than that. Mm -hmm. Self care sometimes is um, saying going no. to therapy, mm -hmm. going to therapy, <laughs> self -care, setting boundaries, setting boundaries. Mm -hmm. Self care sometimes is addressing. Um, some of the walls that we have built around mm -hmm. um, certain aspects that should be natural. Right, right. Aspects of our lives that should be natural. Like pleasure. Yeah, I like to think of self-care as the ongoing monitoring of all of our needs. 
right? Mm-hmm. Like of our physical, our mental, our sexual, our spiritual, um, relational needs. It's the ongoing monitoring of it yeah. and adjusting as needed. What yeah. you know, where because we're going to get off balance. It's very difficult to stay in balance all the time, right? And so I like to think of balance as um, less uh, of this kind of fixed sort of state that we arrive at, mm-hmm. but rather the scales, yes. right? Where it's like, it, okay, now i got to take something off of that and put it over here. And right. it's ongoing. It's right. a lot more um, fluid than I think we think of. I'm going to stay in this balanced state. And it's, it's ongoing monitoring. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Yeah. And it changes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That's the fluidity. Absolutely. That's the flow and you yes. know, because life changes, right? And challenges continue. and our needs change. <laughs> yes, um, and how we um, have to address those challenges mm-hmm. change mm-hmm. and all of that. All so, you know, that is a conversation on like what self care is. Mm-hmm. How does pleasure and sex fit into that self care practice? We are sexual beings, yes. Right, we are born as sexual beings, and what I mean by that, because I think when people hear that. Mm-hmm. They automatically, I think, will struggle because we go to the idea of just envisioning the act of sex itself. Mm -hmm. And so we're sexual beings with sexual body parts that when stimulated, we Mm -hmm. have reactions to it. Right. That's how our body's designed. And if we ignore this part of our being, not only are we compromising our overall sexual health, Right? Like our overall yeah. health. Um, because it's a physical need. Absolutely. And and again, if you think of it in terms of knowing your body, yeah. right? So even with pleasure, when I, I going to self-pleasure, mm-hmm. right? Like when you think of, I think a lot of women are disconnected from self-pleasure, right? Right. So it's nasty. It's dirty. Right. It's sinful. It's, whatever. Yeah, it's <laughs> sinful. Bad girls do that. Or, um, you know, I all of... And not my, because mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm speaking in a general mind, not a personal mind. Because woo, yeah, I actually yeah. am writing an essay right now that talks about self pleasure as like the foundation of of my overall sexual experiences yeah. and how me learning to self pleasure at a young age mm-hmm. before I had sex. Mm-hmm has been so beneficial yeah. in my sexual experience. Absolutely. Because I got to know my body. I go. got to know how my body works. Right. I got to know how to produce my own orgasms. Mm-hmm. And so I never tied my pleasure to someone else. It's being empowered. Yes. Being empowered. And again, like you said, I learned my body. Right. So if you learn your body, then you are able to tell when something's off with your right. body also. Mm-hmm. So that's some of the benefits of And like what my body likes and what it does. Exactly. Which is so important. Not too often I will hear um, women especially, but I think that's because we're socialized to outsource our power. Yes. Right? In every way. In every way. And so they, and they think or they expect their partners to know mm-hmm. more about their bodies. And intuitively. And without to, conversation. Exactly. Than they do. And so yeah. when I ask them, well, what is it that you like? What is it that turns you on? And a lot of times they don't know. Right. Because they've not been given the permission, so to speak, Mm -hmm. to even explore that. And I would like to say that this is something that even uh, happens with, that happens with men and women. Because, you know, one thing that I've always practiced um, in my experiences with lovers Mm -hmm. is I'm, 
I am very communicative, mm-hmm. period. Mm-hmm. And I run my mouth all the time, including <laughs> in very intimate and personal settings. So I will ask, mm-hmm. you know, well, what do you what do you like? Right. What gets you off? What turns you mm-hmm. on? Mm-hmm. And I'm always um, astounded and baffled that very rarely do people have an answer to that question. Right. And, and and a lot of times, I don't think it's that uncommon that even couples are not talking about it. Right. It's kind of like, we can do the do list, just don't talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And let's hope that... That it, that it connects. Right. Yeah. And so when we're talking about women, particularly, there is this conversation about the orgasm gap mm-hmm. that is happening, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. is going around. It's not a new conversation. Right, right. <laughs> it's not a new... I guess studies are finally catching up. Um, and I read one study... And one article that talked about that heterosexual women have the least orgasms yep. in relationships. Yep. And the ones that have the most are typically women, uh, lesbian women. Lesbian women. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're taking the time. <laughs> they understand how the mechanics of it. Exactly. You know, they're not. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think a lot of that is because, um, you know, first of all, women are, as I said, taught to be mindful of the pleasure of their partners. Right. Not even just mindful. It becomes the core of the sexual experience. Mm -hmm. And heterosexual men are not socialized very much to think about um, the pleasure of their partner. Well, and if they are, it becomes more of a source of their own ego. Right. So they want to give you an orgasm because that will be a reflection of their right. manhood. Yes. Right, right, right. There, um, was a, there was a study not that long ago that kind of um, highlighted that. Mm. Where, yeah, if they, they are... It isn't really like, about you, about you. It's about them feeling better about mm. themselves because of the pressure that's put onto men yes. to sort of perform. Be, perform, exactly. And then, you know, there's the whole conversation about porn that could go into that, mm-hmm. but... Um, bringing this back to self-pleasure, like, you know, women who figure that out, Mm -hmm. who enjoy it, Mm -hmm. who um, are interested in exploring themselves Mm -hmm. in a way, usually just have better sex. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, because you, so much of sex is our ability to be able to put aside whatever's going on in our minds, mm-hmm. you know, whatever mm-hmm. tasks you right, have to do right, for the right, rest right. of the day. Um, it's about being present, mm-hmm. right? And when you have these limiting ideas and beliefs that are showing up in your mind mm-hmm. um, when you're in the act of sex, it just robs us right. of our ability to just even enjoy the moment. So we were talking earlier about um, this one book that you said you just started reading mm-hmm. and I've read and reviewed um, called Pleasure Activism. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put it up for you all. It is by um, Adrian Marie Brown, who is an amazing thinker and activist and um, um, who writes a lot about um, sex particularly mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that I love. And in this book, she gives like some guidance. Even she calls it homework, mm-hmm. you know, on like how to figure out this relationship between sex and self-care or mm-hmm. pleasure and self-care, mm-hmm. including self-pleasure. Um, and one of the homework assignments that she gives is, um, you know, mirror time. Getting mm-hmm. Like I always tell women when we have these conversations that, you know, you 
not only do you need to know what turns you on, you need to understand that there's so much that turns you on even outside of the bedroom. Absolutely. You know, like dress up for yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, wear lingerie for yourself. Um, You know, oil your body and touch your body without um, it being a precursor to an experience that you're having with someone else. How to enhance your sensuality. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. That's so important. Mm -hmm. And she also talks about in the book, like, um, you know, mirror time. Mm -hmm. You know, women will ask me sometimes, oh, how did you become so confident in your body, which is not a, you know, the standard Euro traditional idea Mm -hmm. of like what beauty is. And I'm like, well, I make sure that I look at my body so I know you can't love what you don't know. Mm -hmm. You can't love what you're afraid to look at. Sure. So I spend a lot of time in the buff whenever I can. Mm Um, and I look at my body so that I can know my body and so that I can appreciate Mm -hmm. it as it stands, Mm -hmm. even as I go through processes of trying to, you know, improve those things or work on those things that I might have my own, you know, issues with. I can do that and love my body at the same time. Um, Adrian Marie Brown talks about um, even filming Mm -hmm. yourself Mm -hmm. as Mm -hmm. you provide yourself with Mm -hmm. self-pleasure and watching the video Mm -hmm. as a part of, which I was like, oh, this is so radical, like really getting in there to see, okay, what does it look like on my face? I'm really enjoying this. What am I doing right there? They got that kind of response um, as a case study, but also as something that, and also turn you on and mm-hmm. get you in the, into the custom and process. And it's just for you. Sure. Like not to share sure. with anyone else. Sure, sure. So I just thought that that was something outside of what I normally would have thought of. What about some other tips do you have on connecting pleasure and self-care? One of the big things I always start off with when I'm talking about pleasure, mm-hmm. um, self-pleasure, sex, mm-hmm. is it's really important that we discuss trauma. Because what trauma does is it robs us of our ability to fully be present in our bodies. Yes. When we're triggered, what it really does is it takes us out of our bodies. Mm-hmm. And in order to really be able to fully um, enjoy and experience mm-hmm. pleasure, we have to be embodied. And so that can be one of the most challenging things for someone who's gone through trauma, who has trauma, unresolved trauma, is you may want your body, you may want to do all those things. Right. And the trigger comes in and then whatever happens then to your body with your body is an involuntary response. And that just often will feel like our bodies betraying us. Mm -hmm. Uh, We can feel a lot of shame about that. And really... In the end, it's our body trying to keep us safe, yes. right? It doesn't know that whatever it is that the trauma that we experience is not happening again. Right. It thinks it's back there. Yes. And your so brain that, and your body. Yes. They are just like, we're going to keep you safe. Right. And your body can often just then not cooperate with what your intentions are. Mm-hmm. So I think it's always really important that if you do have a history of trauma and you're struggling with your sexuality, intimacy, what have you, uh-huh. it's not your fault. Right. Right. Because there's a lot of shame that can come with it. So mm-hmm. I always like to say that. But as far as self-pleasure goes. And let me pause you really mm-hmm. quick before we move mm-hmm. forward because, and I'm jumping ahead because we have um, a couple of people who reached out mm-hmm. because I asked um, viewers and fans of the show to send me messages yeah. um, with questions they have around 
um, sex and sexuality and pleasure period. And that was like, I received several messages mm-hmm. about how to move through trauma. So yeah. maybe we could discuss a little bit um, more about that or like, I know of course, mm-hmm. seeing a therapist if, if possible yeah. to try yes. to unearth that and figure yes. out like what those triggers are, what are the tools for de- dealing with those yeah. triggers? Because that was, I received several messages about that. I've experienced this trauma. Yeah. And I don't, I cannot, my body betrays me. You can't get past it on your own. You can't outthink trauma is the deal. And so what I mean by that is the good thing is there is support. There is help. Mm -hmm. You can live a fuller life. Mm -hmm. But trauma is kind of like uh, somebody described it. And I love this description. It's like untangling a bomb. It's a very mm-hmm. delicate process. Oh, wow. That be- is perfect. At, because what happens when there is a trauma is our brain gets altered. Mm-hmm. The way that our brain is wired, it gets altered. Mm-hmm. And so working with someone who is specifically specializes in working through trauma, because it's a very deliberate approach. It's a yes. slow approach. Right. And, and I want one of the biggest fears that people have about going to work with someone with that's a trauma specialist, a therapist, or what have you, <clears throat> is that they'll have to recount the story. Mm. Or they'll say, you know, I don't want to go through that and talk about it again, or I don't have all the memories. And someone who is, specializes in trauma, that's why it's so important, they're not going to make you do that. Right. They're not going to make you do that. Right. And so my first, of course, suggestion is work with a professional mm-hmm. that specializes in trauma. The other thing I would say is there's a lot of resources out there that can kind of help you. Anything by um, Peter Levine, Hmm. who specializes in uh, trauma work, and his approach is a somatic approach. So, so much of what happens when there's been a traumatic event is the way that our body chemistry is altered. Mm -hmm. And so there's specific kind of somatic ways that we can begin to release some of these emotions and some Mm -hmm. of the trauma that is trapped in our body. So Mm -hmm. anything by Peter Levine is a good approach. Um, There's practices such as trauma-informed yoga. Mm. There's so and you may have experienced if anybody's ever experienced yoga, there may oh, yeah. be a time where you're there and you don't know why you're crying on the mat. And oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Right? I have many of those mm-hmm. moments. Yeah. And so what happens is there's this opening that's there's happening. an opening and your body is able to release some of the stuff. So there are um classes where they're specifically trauma informed. Wow. Um, so I would say looking up something like that, um, anything where you're doing work with your body yes. to try and release that mm-hmm. is always a wonderful approach because you don't have to focus so much on the story. It's yeah. about getting this stuff out of our bodies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I also have a question about, because one of the questions that I received around trauma is someone who is in a relationship mm-hmm. with someone who has experienced sexual trauma mm-hmm. and wants to be helpful. And wants to be a good, attentive, caring lover. Mm-hmm. Uh, at times, who becomes frustrated? Yeah. Mm-hmm. By the experience, do you have any advice? I would say uh, again, the first thing is to become as informed as you can about how trauma works, because what I find a lot of times when it's like that in a relationship, mm-hmm. it's really easy for the other person 
to personalize what's happening with that individual who's right. gone through the trauma. Um, and not understanding that the response that that individual is having is involuntary mm-hmm. can also help. It's like they, yes, they actually right. do really want to get past it. And if, it's, if they're not, it's because the fear is mm-hmm. what takes over. Right. Um, again, I'm going to be really biased and then I'm going to be suggesting therapy for, <laughs> <laughs> for everything. Like, couple but, therapy. Right. Come on in. Yes. Well, Come and see Elisa. Absolutely. Because I'm, you know, I'm trained as a, as a marriage and family therapist, a relationship therapist. So any, any challenge or any problem that my clients come in, whether they're in there by their self, by themselves, or they're in there with a partner, mm-hmm. I'm looking at the problem from a systems point of view. Yeah. You know, like who were the people in your life? you know, beforehand, currently that, that are influencing how you react to this problem that, Mm -hmm. that are influencing, you know, whatever your choices are moving forward. So when you have a relationship issue, which that is what this is, Mm -hmm. if you can look at it, this trauma is, it's not a you issue. It's an our issue. And how are we going to get past that together? Absolutely. So much, you know, so much more can be done in that way. Mm -hmm. And also because our healing is in connection right right like that's where we thrive is in relationships and connection to others i think we've been so conditioned um to really think of ourselves as self-awareness and you know self-realization self 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 Mm -hmm. and really especially for us you know we're black and brown people our history and our current day so much of what we do is in connection with others right our tribes like that's where we thrive humans are wired for connection yes and we've just gotten so far away from that um but when we bring it back to the relationship if you can look at it as this is a relationship issue that we're facing together that our old that not only helps you to continue building the intimacy because mm-hmm. into me, you see, right. right. <laughs> That's when I can be more vulnerable with right. you. Um, it, it can enhance the relationship mm-hmm. as a result of that. And it helps your partner to also not necessarily, um, sometimes what can happen is they may feel shame. Uh, mm-hmm. They may feel the, this anxiety that their partner is going to leave them if, um, if they don't get this right. right. So taking it from that approach is, is really yeah. helpful. So and, educating and, themselves more on trauma. And understanding the difference between that, or not the difference between because they're connected, but intimate, intimacy and sex. Yes, because there's emotional intimacy, physical intimacy, sexual intimacy. Right. And really intimacy, if you want to have really good sex, the deeper the intimacy, the, yes. the deeper the pleasure. Yeah. Because the more intimate I can be with you, that means the more vulnerable I can be with you. Right. And the Which more is only going to lead to a better sexual experience. Absolutely. Because good sex requires vulnerability. And I'm able to, so the more I'm able to let go, mm-hmm. but all of it is a function of one another. So intimacy is a function of vulnerability, which is a function of trust, um, which all of that is a function of pleasure. So mm-hmm. being able to have that foundation in the yes. relationship is so crucial. And that, you know, I don't want to, we will, we were supposed to have a sec- segment of listener letters <laughs> that we talked about, but like that you keep, you know, like point pointing out you know things that you know folks have questions about mm-hmm. and one of those questions is like redeveloping trust or how mm-hmm. do i you know i was in or am in a relationship where there has been infidelity mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. 
um, it's very difficult for me to connect sexually after that. Mm-hmm. How do I do that? How, because yeah. it's about reestablishing trust. Reestablishing trust. And also mm-hmm. know that you've gone through a traumatic event. It's a relational trauma. And, and your partner has to really acknowledge it. You know, it's not just a matter of like, I need to get over this. It's how, again, how are we getting over this? Mm-hmm. And so many times for the injured person, it's to really understand and to feel and to see that their partner gets it. Like yeah. you get it. You understand why this hurt me so much. Right. Because when we've been in that situation where you've been betrayed, we're grasping for answers. Like, how did this happen? How could, and really that's because how can I prevent this from happening again? Right. Right. Which you can't. Right. You can't. <laughs> you can't. I mean, you can do could it. prevent it from happening the first right. time. Right. Right. And so. Because adults make decisions. Adults make decisions. Independently of everything yes. else. And they make mistakes. Yeah. And so it really is going to require a lot of repair work. That's right. really what it is. It's like if if there's been an injury, there's some repair work that needs to be done. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be, does your partner get it? What type of repair work are they doing? Mm-hmm. Reestablishing the trust. The hard part is that there comes a point where the betrayed person is also called to step up mm-hmm. as far as we can't stay in this state forever yes. either. Right? Like at, if you're going to want to be together... And you want to make it work, mm-hmm. at some point, forgiveness has to happen. Forgiveness has to happen. And healing that has to happen. You have to be tough. open to mm-hmm. forgiveness. And yeah. Healing. You can't hold the other person mm-hmm. kind of hostage to their mistake for the rest and of their life. And continuously. And, 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 yes. And want to be in a relationship and say, we all want to have a happy, yes. healthy relationship. It's just not going to happen. Because I can say that I have been in a relationship where infidelity wasn't necessarily the issue, but there were some other issues around trust. Mm-hmm. And when I look back on it, I realized that the one of the reasons that we were not able to move forward, um, besides it just being a clusterfuck, was because... <laughs> that's, that's a critical term. <laughs> beyond that, um, is because um, I could not figure out how not to continually punish mm-hmm. right. the person mm-hmm. for the ways that they had... Uh, hurt you because yeah. I'm a Scorpio, <laughs> which is also <laughs> there. You right? go. There you no? go. Yes. And speaking of yes. me being a Scorpio yes. in astrology yes. Yes. and like all of these other approaches that are absolutely not critical, by the way, <laughs> uh, clinical. I mean, um, I want you to talk about your work, this mm-hmm. new work that you're doing, where you are connecting um, your clinical work mm-hmm. with a more metaphysical healing approach. Mm-hmm. So yes. you said earlier that it's all about healing for you and your goal is to help your um, your clients. What is the word that you use for your... Heal. Yeah. So they can have really rich, pleasure-filled, mutually satisfying mm-hmm. relationships. Um, and, and, and you're approaching it from various angles. So from the now, holistic perspective, from the mind, perspective. body, spirit. Yes. And really the way that I came across this. And so at the beginning of this year, I began to incorporate energy healing, specifically chakra healing, mm-hmm. um, into my work. And that's really- very quickly for those who might not know, uh-huh. when you talk about chakra healing or the chakras, can mm-hmm. you break that down? Yeah, bit? sure. Okay. So shock, uh, chakra Uh, It's a Sanskrit word for wheel. And essentially, we have seven 
we have more than seven, but we have seven major uh, chakras and they're mm-hmm. different energy points throughout our body. And they're like these little storehouses of a certain type of energy. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the first one being our root, mm-hmm. uh, which is our, is the energy that kind of feeds that sense of survival mm-hmm. of groundedness of belonging. Then you have your sacral, mm-hmm. which um, is sexuality, it's pleasure. It's going with the flow. Mm-hmm. Then we have our solar. I love that all of those things are connected. Yes. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> then we have our solar. And that is confidence. That is determination. Mm-hmm. Um, it's knowing who we are. Mm-hmm. Then we have the heart, which is love. It's love for self, love for others, relationships, connection, empathy, compassion. It's mm-hmm. also where we hold our grief. Mm-hmm. Um, then we have our throat, which is communication and vocation and then our brow which a lot of people refer to as the third eye Mm -hmm. but our brow is our intuition our greater knowing our wisdom Mm -hmm. and then we have the crown which is our connection to the divine whether you call that god whether you call that source whether you call it bob it doesn't care it's that (laughs) greater intelligence yeah um that that power greater than ourselves and so um the way the way that i really came across this work is doing my own healing work because mm. I always tell people therapists need therapy too we're not yes. exempt from life yes. and in order to be a really good therapist mm-hmm. I have to be checking my shit right <laughs> yes and in and, and one perspective from one perspective I need to know what it's like to be in the clients um on the client side of the couch mm. yes. that's important mm. um keeps me humble and right. it also compassionate, uh, compassionate. Absolutely. Yes. And you have to, again, being a therapist, we're not making widgets, right? right. Like we're not producing products. This is helping people heal mm-hmm. and helping people on their journey of life. Right. You know what I mean? Yes. So it's like, do your work. Right. <laughs> Do your work. It requires you to do your work on you. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I have to tell myself, do my work. Right. You know, do your work. Um, So I was doing my own healing work and have loved therapy, of course, made Mm -hmm. it my profession. Been doing it on and off for years as needed. Mm -hmm. And had also become more and more interested in healing, uh, you know, trauma from this physical perspective. Right. right? The somatic stuff, like what happens to us physically Mm -hmm. when we have unresolved emotions. Well, we've all heard that, you know, heart heart disease. Absolutely. Oh, I, you know, all of a sudden I became paralyzed, but I don't know why there was no medical reasoning, Mm -hmm. but you have all these stressors in your life. It manifests physically. And so the other piece to that was also exploring this idea of, of energy, right? Mm -hmm. What did Einstein say? Everything is energy. Energy can neither be created nor destroyed, including us. Absolutely. Right. And so I wanted to also learn more about this. And I found somebody who was combining the two. Mm-hmm. And I thought, how is she doing that? I wanna I wanna know because I'm also a therapist and I love this and how are we marrying the two? And started getting my own work done. Mm-hmm. I had done some other energy healing stuff, you know, I've done Reiki in the past yeah. and things, but this was different. And when I tell people, it changed my life. And I don't say that in that cliche way. Right, right, right. It changed my life. Yeah. It changed my life. The work, adding this as a component um, to the talk therapy, where now my, I'm having a session, 
all my shit is, you right, know, right. Yeah. yeah. Okay, go home now. Right. Um, <laughs> well, that was a really cathartic. Your body is in the throes right. of experiencing whatever has come up through mm-hmm. the talk. Therapy. So here's the emotions. Okay, now let's clear them out. Mm. Now let's clear all that stuff that's bubbled up, that's surfaced up, that's in your energy. And everybody can has been at a point. You've been somewhere where you're in a room and somebody comes in and their energy is just like, yes. I mean, everybody's experienced that at some point where you're either drawn to them because you're like, oh my goodness, like your energy is so good, you know, or or they're like, or you're repelled. Like, you don't know why you don't like that person, but something about Get away from me. Or they, right now, you know, they, or when children are great at, at picking this up. Absolutely. You know, they'll, the, whoever, the family friend or whatever, and they don't want to get near them. Uh-huh. Right. Or they'll just look at you funky, <laughs> whatever right. it yeah. is. Yeah. That's yeah. why you shouldn't uh, force your children to on people Absolutely. to have like those experiences Absolutely. with hugging. Don't Absolutely. force your kids to hug people. There's a great... They might know more than you do yes. about that person. We're just all wired energy. with that. Right. Yeah. Right. There's right. a great book. Um, but the children are more open. Because yeah, they're so not they're, conditioned. Exactly. We're the ones that talk them so out of it. They are more in tune with their intuition. Yes, with, than we with are. With that sense. Often. That right. sense that all creatures have. It's just we are the only ones that talk ourselves out of it. Absolutely. Right? There's a great book, The Gift of Fear. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. I have. Yeah, that's a great book that talks about how we talk ourselves out of this mm-hmm. other sense. So we pick up on other people's energy. We yes. just may not be calling it that. Yeah. But um, so I'm like... I need to learn how to do this. I need to learn how to do this. I need to learn how to offer this to my clients, Mm -hmm. Uh, which is really my field in particular. It's a very conservative field. Right. Right. And so it was really kind of putting myself out there, but I just felt so strongly about this that I wanted to pay that forward. Um, And that's how it came about. It was a two-year program where the first year, I'm just working on my shit. Right. You know, I'm learning about the chakras, but then I'm learning because the way that I was taught, and this is why I love this particular modality so Mm -hmm. much, was because it married my mental health background with this energetic um, training. Mm -hmm. And so um, the idea is that at any point in your life, when something happens to you, if you have an overwhelming event, how this can impact you in and can impact that chakra. So your let's say your first chakra mm-hmm. is your root, zero to five. So what was going on when your mom was pregnant with you, right? Like wow. what was going on at that time? You know, um, did your parents plan to have you? You know, were they happy? Were they excited? What was life like for you, zero to five? Okay. Mm-hmm. If there was a lot of turbulence, if there was a lot of chaos, that can then impact that particular flow of energy mm-hmm. which means you may not you may struggle feeling secure you may that strug- inner child thing right? yes you may struggle feeling grounded you might move from place to place consistently so um so yeah that it just helps me to have an additional perspective yeah. um and for clients that are drawn to it that it aligns with their values and what have you. Mm -hmm. It's just a really powerful way of continuing doing healing work. Because there are so many paths to healing. Yeah. I remember looking, um, uh, seeing on your page, 
that you had a chakra guy that was connected to sex. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So talk about that. Yes, yes. Yes. I got to bring it up. Remember? <laughs> no, no, I'll know it. I know. Yes. So um, each of the chakras have a certain type of energy. So when you are incorporating all of your energy points, okay, if you use your root, right, when you use the root, then you're going to be secure. You're going to be in your body during mm-hmm. sex, right? Like you're present, you're secure, you're in your body. Then we're going to incorporate the sacral. And the sacral energy is all our sexuality. It's about pleasure. It's about sensuality. It's about going with the flow. Yes. Okay. So if you're incorporating your sacral energy during sex, you're going to be sensual. You're going to be yeah. going with it. That's, you know, Playful, be, yes, all of that. Yes. Then your soul are going to be confident. You're going to be confident about your desires. You're going to be, you know, you're going to be feeling good mm-hmm. about yourself. Mm-hmm. You always want to use the heart, right? Heart is that love connection, right? Mm-hmm. And so when you're incorporating the heart, you have a connection of love, mm-hmm. you know, feeling connected to that partner. Mm-hmm. Then your throat Well, you're going to be communicating your desires Mm -hmm. and you're going to be listening, (laughs) right? Because communication is is two ways. (laughs) So you're going to communicate your desires without shame and you're going to listen to your partner's desires without shaming them also. Um, Oh, and your sacral, you stay flexible also. That's the other part. Uh, Then you're going, so this is where it starts to transcend, Mm -hmm. right? So you're going to use your intuition, which means you're going to tap into your greater wisdom about your own body. But also, again, you've been connected to your partner. So you're tapping into this greater knowing also about your partner. Mm -hmm. And then if you stay open to connection, to inspiration from the divine, then this is where transcendence happens. Where sex is going beyond the genitals. It becomes a spiritual experience. I got a great question um, when you talk about uh, being being open to communicating mm-hmm. about sexual needs and desires without shame. Mm-hmm. I had a great um, listener question around that with um, a person who has a particular kind of key mm-hmm. that they cannot figure out how to communicate with mm-hmm. their partner about. Yeah. And so that's something that I want to talk about um, as we move forward. Just this idea of Centering your pleasure, understanding that your pleasure is important, and how to communicate your sexual needs um, to whomever your sexual partner yeah. is. Yeah. Well, and that's where that trust comes in, right? Yeah. I'm hoping you have a solid relationship with your mm-hmm. partner and that you're able to communicate. So if that's yes. there, um, I think introducing the idea of kinks is often so difficult for people. And sometimes it's because we're trying to figure out what, why, what, why does this turn me on? Right. <laughs> yes. Yes. What does this say about me? Yeah. And sometimes what turns us on is just what turns us on. It just works. You know, it's not this deep, meaningful or right. traumatic, whatever right. people associate. It's like, and that's, I think, what really trips people up about sexuality is we want things to fit into this little box of, you know, boy, girl, penis, vagina, orgasm. If right. it doesn't fit in that box, then you there's, something's wrong with you. Right. 
And that's what really trips us up about sexuality, which is why also we don't have the conversations because we're so scared that something's wrong with us. Right. And our partner doesn't have that foundation either. So they hear something and they might think something's wrong with you. Um, So I would be really curious first is how open your partner is to having conversations. But there are some great tools out there. There's one... um, in particular that I love. It's a PDF. It's called Sexapalooza. 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 It's a PDF. And it's like six or seven pages of questions that, you know, partners can ask one another. Oh, I like and that. It'll, and it's like, yes, no, maybe. So it goes through a whole bunch of different sex acts. Right. And it'll, you get to say like, yes, no, um, you know, maybe. Yeah. And then talking about like what turns me on, what turns me off, what's my hard no, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So kind of turn it into a game a little yes. bit. So if you're uncomfortable with talking mm-hmm. about um, what you enjoy mm-hmm. sexually or like whatever your kinks are, we all have them. Mm-hmm. We have our, like I, I was telling somebody the other day, like my vanilla kink. Which is like <laughs> It's like, you know, the kink that you can, that that might be related to sex or might not is like super nerdy people who tell like really nasty jokes or say little dirty things and you never expect it. So it's just like, (gasps) I like that. So when 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 you least expect that, I'm like, yeah, so I have this. Yeah. Nerdiness that is very interesting. So like sometimes it can be just yeah <laughs> like that something. something or it, it can be, you know, much deeper. Like, oh, I I like to be choked. How do you have that conversation? It would be a great resource. A great resource. And I think for have- someone who might be ha- might have kinks or desires that go a little bit deeper than right. what we think of as traditional or quote-unquote normal yes yeah um again i'm biased but a sex therapist yeah (laughs) that's what we do is we help couple i mean because a lot of times people will ask what does a sex therapist do yeah you know they confuse me for a sex coach or right you're like no i'm not in the bedroom with you (laughs) is how do we have these conversations right um so i would say i would start with something like that Mm -hmm. um to loosen up. To, to loosen see up to kind maybe of, what your to, partner might be open to. Right. And sometimes we judge ourselves a lot harder mm-hmm. than others might judge us. So it may right. be something that you feel is like way in left field. Right. Maybe, maybe it's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it really, the ability to have these conversations mm-hmm. with our partners is so essential. Right. Number one, I always tell couples, if you're going to talk about sex, you cannot shame your partner on yes. any level. You can't say shaming words. You can't look at them. You know, like right. in a shaming way. Right. You cannot give off that vibe. Right. Um, which is why it's important to have these conversations before the actual right. sexual encounter. Yeah. Don't time. do it. Don't try to do it during the act. <laughs> So, to avoid that yeah. look like you yeah. owe me the right. what? Right. Have it be short. Because you have to talk about boundaries also. You do. You have to talk yeah. about boundaries. And so um, that's that's one of the biggest. And also knowing that sometimes some of our fantasies or some of our kinks, sometimes just talking about it is enough. Because mm-hmm. your partner may or may not be on board. Right. And that's okay because they have autonomy also and they, they have their boundaries. Yes, exactly. Um, so you talking about it with them doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe now that they know, there's also, I'll tell uh, clients a lot of times, there's varying degrees 
that you can start to explore your fantasies. So let's say, for example, someone has a fantasy of a threesome. Right. Okay, so maybe before you jump into the threesome, mm -hmm. kind of go through kind of scaffolding like different <laughs> degrees of that. Right. So have you had anything where there's another person involved at this point? Right. If you haven't, so let's just start kind of testing the waters. Maybe that starts watching sexual imagery together. Mm -hmm. or maybe that's going to a shop together. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe that's then going to a strip club together. Just uh -huh. kind of gauging yeah. before you kind of jump, jump in there. Because mm -hmm. that's one of the biggest... Um, one of the biggest mistakes I'll see happen with couples is they have an idea of what they think that's going to do for their relationship mm -hmm. and it ends up being traumatizing. Right. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I had, a, I know a couple who, um, you know, that was a big issue. She was very much into, um, you know, multi-person mm -hmm. swinger style mm -hmm. type of sex. Her partner was not. And the compromise that they ended up making after like trying and figuring out was that they might attend an event mm -hmm. or a party mm -hmm. where there was um, public sex or mm -hmm. open sex mm -hmm. and they would just voyeur. Right. And then go home and it mm -hmm. would just still be the two of them. Mm -hmm. And she was able to get some level of satisfaction out yeah. of that. And yeah. there was some play that they might do publicly. Sure. But there were the boundaries around, okay, but we are not going to have full sex publicly and mm -hmm. we are not going to have sex with other people. Mm -hmm. And those were the boundaries. That's and great. so they could yeah. go out and kind of play around, but still maintain the monogamy of their relationship right. that her partner wanted. And yeah. it worked for them. That's fantastic. And I think that's the big part that is important for couples to remember is you get to set the boundaries of your relationship what works for you just mm -hmm. discuss and explore what works for you now you have to be on board together right <laughs> right right but sometimes you know the comparison or um the feedback that others may give you or mm -hmm. what have you it's more about the two of you that ongoing communication right and that solid approach of whatever we approach, we approach it together. Right. Mm -hmm. And leave him, girl, if he is not <laughs> open to whatever your fantasies. And if, no, don't. Don't, like, don't, listen, to, don't listen to me. <laughs> Elisa's like, no, that's not. Clearly, I am not a sex therapist. Um, but it definitely is important to... Um, this conversation mm -hmm. about giving voice to your desires mm -hmm. and not allowing anybody to shame you for your exi uh, desires mm -hmm. and putting your pleasure at the forefront of yeah. your sexual experience. Yeah. A lot of times women struggle with that so yeah. much. And I will say also, if there is some shame that comes up, okay, maybe it's not intentional. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times that's based in fear. Right. You know, again, if your partner, you know, if they're idea is limited or, or they have certain beliefs or values mm -hmm. and, and then it goes against that mm -hmm. then a lot of times it's from fear what they may think that this means about you or mm -hmm. them not knowing you know what exactly it is that you're talking about right. so you know it yeah. may be something that has to be an ongoing conversation also yeah mm -hmm. and an even better conversation with a sex therapist <laughs> couples therapist <laughs> Um, yes, 